0: In these last days, the Bible predicts a turning away from biblical truth. In order to combat false teachings that are running rampant and a growing lack of biblical literacy, Behold Israel provides weekly public readings of scripture to equip you with the pure word of God, read in an international community with interaction and application. Each week we host different guests from all walks of life, Original readings can be found on our Behold Israel community channel on YouTube or on our Facebook channel. These are audio versions created to make it convenient for your busy schedule. Now,
1: on to our readings.
0: Peace to every single one of you. My name is Pastor Mike Golay, and this is Public Reading of Scripture with Behold Israel. It's a lost art in the church where we just open up God's Word, read it, listen to it, Allow the Spirit of God to speak to us and then apply at least one thing. And tonight, a very special guest. You've seen him before. uh, This is Andy. Andy, how are you doing this evening?
1: Oh, I'm doing wonderfully well. Mike, it's always good to be with you. And
0: I have to say, you were on a cruise a few years ago with Amir, and you are in your ministry you and Grace and Mercy Foundation really founded public reading of Scripture and are working with many ministries and organizations, and they're doing it in their own way. We're doing it in our our own way. When you shared that vision with Amir a few years ago, he texted me and he said, Mike, we need to do weekly public readings of Scripture. And I said to myself, okay, what is that? And then he said, you need to talk to Andy and the team there. And we talked, and here we are after several years of doing this. Now, I just want our people to know Andy is a very dear friend and also a mentor for myself and Amir in the ministry. And we're also going to be doing some prayer for Israel, and Andy's going to lead that in just a second. And Andy, tell us a little bit briefly about what you do and why public reading of Scripture? What got you involved in this?
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. And I I so remember well, Amir and I were sitting at the rooftop of the Grand Britannia Hotel in Parliament Square in Athens overlooking the Acropolis, and we did a broadcast on the public reading of Scripture. And at the end of it, uh, because he was interested in it because he loves God's Word as you do, and at the end of it he said, uh, we've got to do this, and you've been such a wonderful partner over the last five, six years almost now. So we really thank you for your ministry you know i work with the grace and mercy foundation out of new york and one of our passions is to see the public reading of scripture you know it's not we haven't created it or we haven't founded it all we're doing is returning people to an ancient practice the practice that we find in the old testament when people gather together to listen to god's word when you know ezra pronounces god's word or Josiah has the God's Word pronounced, and you see the impact on people, the repentance, the change in lives that takes place when people listen to God's Word in community. And, you know, in our Jewish friends are still doing it today. I mean, every time they gather in the synagogue on a Saturday, they open the Torah and read significant passages of the Torah every day. So it's a practice that continues. And we're just trying to reintroduce it to the church because our concern is that the practice of private reading of scripture is not one that's very successful. You know, people don't tend to read that much scripture themselves. So some combination of being in a public gathering like this session, where we can listen to God's word, not only you hear God's word together, but then it actually inspires you to do more reading for yourself. And we we just see that for people who practice the public reading of scripture. Not only do they get their reading out of the public reading of Scripture, but their private reading goes up as well, and therefore their love for God's word increases. And when your love for God's word increases, then you respond to God's word and your life is changed. And and don't we need Christians to be changed in the world today, to be, you know, real ambassadors for Jesus? I, you know, the world is a lost place and it's it's full of lies. And we know where that comes from. It comes from you know, the king of all lies. And we need to be God's ambassadors here, bringing the truth. People need to hear it more than ever.
0: Mm -hmm. Very well put, very well summarized. You know, last week as we were reading, folks, and by the way, if you have friends or family that would love to join us right now even, just share this with them, give them an opportunity to hear the, the Proverbs and passage from Mark, as well as pray for Israel. We're going to keep that going here. But last week as we were reading, I was telling Andy before this that the scriptures are like like those little things of flavored syrup that you put into water, you know, the vitamin stuff or the sweetener, it's so concentrated and like we're cups of water and we're kind of dull. We need to have something, you know, of taste, you know. The New Testament says that we're the salt of the earth, you know, we dare not lose our sabre. And God and his word are that flavor that it makes us ambassadors for the world to see and to taste and enjoy the truth of God's word. As we live that out, that metaphor works for you. And this last guy had this scripture, what we read last week was ringing in my heart and I was in a meeting today in the air force. I'm serving in the air force right now. I'm not at home in the, the normal studio with the cameras. And I remember the verse said that a wise man keeps himself silent and is perceived as even more wise and the fool's always running his tongue. And uh, I had a meeting yesterday and uh, I just did that, you know, and one of the, one of the guys, he was the boss. He, he said, you know, I could see you were thinking of of some things. Can you stop by my office? I'd love to talk to you about your insights because he could see I was holding back, you know, and he mined it from me rather than me telling everybody what I was thinking. So. Andy, we're going to get started. We're going to jump in to Proverbs 15. But before we do, would you do us the honors of opening us in prayer and saying a prayer for Israel? Yeah. Friends in the chat room, write down your own testimonies. I just shared mine. Write your own testimony down for the world to see the value of God's word. And uh, write out your prayers too as we're reading. This is kind of a forum and a a place for us to make a difference. As the Lord makes a difference in, in our lives with the word, we can also express gratitude for what he's doing and pray for Israel. So Andy, will you lead us in?
1: Yes. Thank you, Mike. Let us pray everybody. Well, father, thank you for this precious time. We can be together as a community. You know, When we see the body of Christ gathered all over the world, it's such an exciting thing to experience. And Lord, we, we want to lift up several things this evening. Uh, firstly, let's lift up the ministry of behold Israel. I think of Amir, I think of Mike and all the staff that are working so hard to provide the truths and to provide information to us all over the world, to let us know of the role of Israel, of the importance of Israel in scripture, all the way from the Abrahamic covenant through the Davidic covenant, all the way through how you love Israel. And we do pray for Israel, Lord. We we just ask that we know that the Jewish people are your chosen people. And even though they have wandered from you so many times, you know, you continue to uh, draw them back. You will always be faithful to the covenants that you have made with Israel. And as you even gathered them back in 1948 into their land, and even now through the difficulties uh, that they are facing with this terrible war that they're in, uh, you're using that to draw people back to Jesus, uh, not only to raise a desire among the people in Israel to think about God, but also to go past that and to think about Jesus. So Lord, I pray for the ministry of the whole Israel and particularly through the Connect Project, Lord, that they can preach the gospel into Israel, that they would hear, you know, willing ears, open hearts, open minds to receive the gospel. And Lord, I, I'm just praying for, and I'm believing for thousands and hundreds of thousands of Jews in Israel to become Messianic Jews, to believe in Jesus for their salvation, and to become, you know, great evangelists to their communities. And Lord, I just pray for the safety of Israel. I pray that they, the, the means of war would not uh, come against them, that you would defend the soldiers, that you would protect them from, you know, from bullets and from armament and from the enemy and Lord would you clear this this terrible cancer which is called Hamas would you help the IDF clear that to that cancer so that the people in Israel could begin to think about living once again in peace and being the people that you call them to be so thank you for this time in your word thank you for your word uh, thank you for the way it's going to minister to us tonight I pray already and have prayed that hearts would be ready to receive proverbs and mark tonight and again we pray for changed hearts and changed lives we pray this in jesus name
0: amen 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 are you ready folks proverbs chapter 15 concentrated truth we're going to take this step by step get comfortable listen to this we're going to do the best job we can in reading it to honor god's word proverbs 15 a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. A tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. In fact, let me change this because we're going to use the New King James. Verse three, I had it on the NIV from last week because we had an African here that didn't have the New King James. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of light but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. Yeah, it the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he who loves him who follows righteousness. He he loves him who follows righteousness. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. So how much more the hearts of the sons of men A scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. You seeing the concentrated truth here? A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allies contention. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns but the way of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Like all this play on of words there. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. It's a very popular verse. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The way of life winds upward for the wise that he may turn away from hell below. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Hmm. There's a lot of room for growth there. Save save your comments until we get to that section. Now we're going to go over to Proverbs 16, and Andy's going to read that.
1: Proverbs 16. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. The Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Great verse for today. When a man's ways please the Lord, He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Divination is on the lips of the king. His mouth must not transgress in judgment. Honest weights and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. It is an abomination for kings to commit wickedness, for a throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him who speaks what is right. As messengers of death is the king's wrath, but a wise man will appease it. And the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who keeps his way preserves his soul. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil, with the proud. He who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart will be called prudent, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it, but the correction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the bone. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The person who labors, labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. An ungodly man digs up evil and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He purses his lips and brings about evil. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. I like that verse, Mike. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision. Uh, I'm sorry, Mister have verse. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord.
0: You know, as we we're reading these, I would love for each one of you to consider not only sharing a testimony of what the word of the Lord is doing to you, but to also share your observations. Now, what I'm about to say may seem others focused and that I'm projecting, but I couldn't help, but to think as you were reading this and how people stir up their neighbor to do evil. What's going on in the Middle East with Hamas, Hezbollah, all the way back to the head of the snake, which is Iran. It's like this bitter, evil spirit. Actually, I believe it is a bitter, evil spirit, of hatred towards the Jew, using religion as the sticker tag so people think it's righteous, infusing demonic forces into the thoughts and behaviors and actions of people that go to their neighbors, go to their community, buy missiles from other countries that are comfortable with evil and try to destroy that, which is absolutely beautiful, which is the apple of God's eye. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking there's a lot here that every day when I wake up in the morning, that there's a way that seems right to me in that mm-hmm. passage, you just read that verse yeah. and it's a good filter because we can ask ourselves is this a way that seems right to me or is it God's way because if it's the way that seems right to me and it's not rooted in God even the good things can lead us into a pit of death death of a dream death of God's will death of opportunity and even sometimes literal death you know write your comments in the chat I'm going to post those in a minute but I I want to hear from you Andy what I mean, we just read two chapters, concentrated truth. What are one or two things that stood out to you before we transition over to Mark?
1: Well, I, you know, I'll pick out the verse that you were just referring to. You know, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. And, you know, obviously I'm here in the United States and I've been watching very carefully what we see unfolding on the universities and on the campuses. And I see, you know, what young people have been taught and what they are believing. Uh, And it's all man's thinking. It's all man's thought. We've rejected the words of God. We've rejected God typically from the secular campus. And so all these thoughts and all this teaching and all these professors are basically coming up with ideas of their own. And and they may be good meaning people, but they're ideas of their own. It, It seems right to a man. But it leads to death. And it just, to me, it just reinforces the fact that we need to reinfuse scripture, the truth, into our society, and in particular to our young people, because they're lost today. There's a sense of hopelessness among young people today, a lack of purpose, a lack of meaning and mission. And we need to infuse them again with the hope of God's word, with the hope of salvation, with the hope of eternal life. And and with the hope of a purposeful life, live and live the Christ. So that's kind of, that was a major takeaway for me this evening, Mike. Mm -hmm. You know, the chat is
0: open. I have that running, write down your prayers, write down your observations. You know, there's a lot of, you know, Fran says, yes, the evil ones are after. Now they're starting to come in. I, I can't, sometimes they, they go too fast. I can't really read them, but. You know, Dustin Royal says, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer God's. It goes in hand with uh, God's people being destroyed for lack of knowledge. We must study and know God's word. Always be prepared to give a defense. Thanks, Dustin. Um, I love your prayer, Martha. Father God, bless and protect the IDF. I pray for your wisdom over the commanders and civilian leaders. I pray you would cause the hostages to be rescued. I pray you will protect them while they are in captivity. I pray for your, I pray your healing for those who are injured. I pray you will draw many to you, Messiah Jesus. And I'm reading in my version of the chat because the one that you're seeing on the broadcast here, it's moving so fast. Andy, the people here on both YouTube and Facebook, generally speaking, just love Israel. They love God. They love the reading of the word. In so many ways, it's uh, I just—it's such an honor to to be able to to do these broadcasts. Michelle S. This convicts me to speak less, and ponder God's word much more. Abba Papa, put a guard over my mouth that I might not sin against you.
1: Yeah.
0: Michelle, very well put. And I'm just reading them again from my feed, which is live. But the ones that you're seeing there, keep going. Andy, what are you thinking as you're seeing some of these comments? You were here last week. Yeah, in yeah. comments. Now here you are on the broadcast.
1: No, it's wonderful. And you know, my the thought that I have is we're receiving so much by being by participating in this broadcast. You know, and you see the chat, and you see the way people are responding. And this is just a time of worship and listening to God's word. And my the overall thought I have is let's everybody go out and invite one or two people to join us, right? Let's, you know, let's not restrict this to a few thousand people, but let's have thousands of people coming in, listening to this and enjoying the fellowship that we're enjoying, the warmth of God's word, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is a worship service that we have here. And I would just encourage and challenge everybody If you're really enjoying this and this is really meaningful to you, who else do you know in your family, in your community, in your workplace that you would want to invite to come join us so that they too can be blessed by a time like this?
0: It's a beautiful vision and a great challenge to all of us. You know, watch this, interact, talk about it after, call your friend after they've watched it as well. and
1: Invite them, invite them next time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Share this even right now. Uh, we still have Mark that we're going to read. I'm going to I'm going to close down the chat, and then we're going to go and read Mark chapter 14. This is a long chapter. The chapters in Mark are generally pretty long, and so I'm going to read one to 31, and then Andy will take us from 32 to the end. So, uh, Mark chapter 14. Okay, they're going to plot to kill Jesus. Let's see how this
1: goes.
0: (laughs) After two days, it was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany, the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask, poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragment oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. (laughs) Such pious, righteous people, huh? and they criticized her sharply. Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. A shiver just went down my spine, folks. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. And there we just read it. Who was this woman? We'll know when we get to heaven. Now watch. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him to them he loved money and when they had heard it they were glad and promised to give him money so he sought how he might conveniently betray him now on the first day of unleavened bread when they killed the passover lamb his disciples said to him where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the passover and he sent out two of his disciples and said to them Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. So his disciples went out, came into the city, and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. In the evening, he came with the twelve. Now as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you eats with me, will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and and to say to him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? Is it me? Can you imagine this, folks? And he answered and said to them, It is one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. The son of man indeed goes just as as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would be, it would have been good for that man if he had never been born. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, take eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Now watch. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Yeah. But he spoke more violently, If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said likewise.
1: Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to him, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It's enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given them a signal, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away safely. As soon as he had come, immediately he went up to him and said to him, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I was daily with you in the temple, teaching, and you did not seize me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then they all forsook him and fled. Now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body. And the young man laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. And they led Jesus away to the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes. But Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Now the chief priest and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. And some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But not even then did their testimony agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. And some began to spit on him, and to blindfold him, and to beat him, and to say to him, Prophesy! And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. Now as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I, I neither know nor understand what you're saying. And he went out on the port, and a rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again, and began to say to those who stood by, This is one of them! But he denied it again. And a little later those who stood by said to Peter again, Surely you're one of them, for you're a Galilean, and your speech shows it. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. A second time the rooster crowed. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And when he thought about it, he wept.
0: I don't know what you were thinking as you were reading this, but I was trying to put myself into each of the roles of these people and some thought they were doing the country and the religion of Judaism a favor, but it ended in a disaster for them. For Peter, it ended in a disaster for Judas. It was the worst disaster because he committed suicide. If you take all those proverbs that we just read, they were not applying those proverbs. They were not. And sure enough, God knew it. He anticipated it. He, he planned it and he counted on it that they would do this. Which, which led to the most beautiful thing that came out of all this tragedy, which is salvation for everyone here. Who amongst us is perfect? Who amongst us can save ourselves? Who amongst us can be righteous on our own free will? It's not a single one. There's not even one righteous, not one. It's like upset in the spirit, but it just turns me to Jesus because he's the only one that can settle the soul. Andy. What was something that you took away? And I'm going to open up the chat because I want to ask everyone else as well. What are your observations? What is your takeaway? But Andy, I'm going to ask you now before the chat populates.
1: Well, I think a couple of things, Mike. The first thing is not my will, but thy will be done. You know, he was facing this horrible death. I mean, we can't even imagine the death. It was bad enough to be on the cross. Crucifixion was the cruelest of deaths but also to bear the weight of all of our sin at the same time. He knew what waited for him, but he was faithful to his father and obedient to his father and, you know, it just challenges me to think about how many times am I unfaithful to him about little things that are trivial and that's really challenging to me. And I think the second thing is sort of like the first, which is personally, why am I worthy of sacrifice of God? And the answer, of course, is I'm not worthy of any of that, but I'm only worthy because of the grace of God who loves me. And it's through no, nothing that I have done or nothing that I can do. And that's really humbling. And when you understand the grace of God and the love of God, then we have to think about how am I going to respond with my life? If he's done that for me, what am I going to do for him? And it's not a works mentality. It's a, it's an expression of my repentance, of my response to the gift he's given me is I want to give him gifts back. And it's just very challenging. And I think the older I get, it's probably more challenging. When you're younger, you're kind of go, like, oh, yeah, okay. But the older you get and you realize more who we are, the grace of God just becomes, you know, bigger and more significant.
0: This is very real. No one produced the body of Jesus after he resurrected that claimed that he didn't resurrect. And our eyes are on Jesus even now in our imperfect state. That was very well put, Andy. Every day we'll make mistakes. But the beautiful thing is that, as it says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and forgive us. You know, it it says in the beginning, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The way seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. When we say we have done nothing wrong, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as these people here. It's almost like you're taking someone's unrighteousness and then defining your your righteousness based on their unrighteousness. It's not a good standard. Yeah. I don't know if you can see the comments. Be praying for Israel, folks. I like your prayer, Deborah Manson. I like uh, Linda Frush, how you're uh, claiming Isaiah 40, 31. Yeah. It, it, every week when I see everybody from all over the world, seeing how I'm not alone. Andy, we're not alone. No. Look at all of these beautiful people. And these are just the people that are choosing to write. Many of you shared this. Because I saw a spike in numbers. We jumped over 150 as soon as we challenged you to share this with friends. And so if you're one of those people that your family or friends shared this with, and you're here in this room, write down, you know, your little testimony and say, yeah, a friend shared this with me. I made it in. If you're comfortable with that. What we're trying to do is create a global community, push against evil by using the word of God, by listening to it, having the spirit speak to us and apply it and make a difference in our little circles of influence. Mm -hmm. Our time has come to an end, unfortunately, and Andy, you opened us in prayer, and I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer too. And before you do that, Andy, what would be a good website if our people wanted to learn more about public readings of Scripture and maybe doing something on their own? Is there a URL that you have?
1: Mike, I'm so glad you asked me that. Yes, everybody, if you would go to PRS. Uh, I for Italy, P-R-S-I dot org, O-R-G. That's our website. And there you can read more about the public reading of scripture. You can have access to audio drama Bibles in many languages. Audio drama Bibles are those that are, you know, every character has a different actor or a different part. You have music and you have sound effects. So it's really like a, a radio play, if you will. Some of you will remember those from the old days. And it'll have all the information necessary. Plus also links to the app, which you can download that has, again, all the same kinds of things, but a lot of other information on it as well. So uh, it's all free. We're just trying to deliver this to as many places as possible. So Prsi.org.
0: Thank you, Andy. I challenge everybody to go do that. And before we close in prayer, if you're not subscribed to Amir's telegram channel scan this code and it'll bring you right to his channel yeah okay if you say well i don't want the app i just want to go every now and then to the website scan this it'll bring you to a web-based version it's you know you just scan it and you can go to the news on the web on your own free time this is our website beholdisrael.org if you scan that can always read more about a lot of other things that we're involved in one little testimony before we end uh, speaking of telegram uh, today i met with the intel guys at in the air force and we had a tip for a situation that was going on of iran using Switzerland to develop armor piercing rounds that were going to be given to the Hamas so that they could combat the Israeli tanks. And so I, you know, did a little research on this source. It was just somebody that wrote into us and I met with intel today, two guys, and we read through the email together and uh, now they're going to follow up on that. And so it's crazy. This is a ministry that's involved in getting the word of God out, but some of you have observations and connections. And this guy was over 20 years, army intel. And so I challenged him. He produced credentials and he didn't have access to the intel team like I do. And so today may have saved Israeli soldiers' lives. I have no idea, but it's very real. It's very real. So Andy, will you close us in prayer? And then we will allow God's word to, to, to grow in our hearts over the next week before we meet again.
1: Yeah, let's pray everybody. Father, just to repeat the prayer for uh, the beginning of this session, we pray for the whole Israel, the ministry, for Amir, for Mike, the whole team. Lord, would you bless them? Would you keep them safe? Uh, you know, give them wisdom as to what they would deliver in terms of news and information as Amir and team develop scriptural passages and, and little sermons and speeches, would you give them? wisdom and make sure that scripturally they are correct and theologically right. So that there would be no confusion. I pray for the nation of Israel, Lord, for protection, for the IDF, for all those men and women who are fighting in those such difficult circumstances, I pray against the damage that rockets can, can cause in the middle of the country. I pray for an end to hostilities. But only when it is time for Israel to be safe again. Lord, I pray for American forces who are serving in the Gulf or in, in places like Syria, in various places, and they're being attacked as well. Would you keep them safe, dear American forces? And Lord, finally, I want to pray for everybody on this call. I want to play God's blessing upon them. Thank you that they are with us. Thank you for them listening to the word of God. I pray that something today, they heard what was important to them, would lead to repentance, would lead to change, would lead to growth, would lead to transformation, or just comfort. And we thank you, God, that as Mike said, we're not alone. We have so many people around us and praying for us and, and being with us, but we also have you, God, Emmanuel, God with us. And we should always remember that there's nothing happening today that you didn't already know about. There's nothing happening that's, that you're out of control. You're in control, you know, the outcomes, you know, what's going to happen. And we can trust all of your promises. And we thank you Lord Jesus for that. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made, that we were beginning to read about today. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: I want to thank you, Andy. And I want to thank every person that came tonight. Uh, We're going to meet again next week. We're going to continue in the Proverbs and Mark, and we're going to continue praying for Israel. I challenge you to do the same this week. Continue to listen to God's word. Pray for Israel. Pray for the situation over there. Pray that many people get saved. So thank you, Andy. And uh, we'll say goodbye for now. And uh, until next week.
1: Been a privilege, Mike. Thank you.